Good morning. On this Sunday morning, welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we uh, zeroed in on the word wrapped up. Uh, Wrapped up can be uh, involved in something. It can be totally devoted and committed uh, to something. In In the use of the word that Jesus was wrapped up in fine linen, uh, basically, it comes from uh, uh, a base word uh, to be entwined. Uh, we saw this in the life of Lazarus when he came out of the tomb and Jesus called him forth in the book of John in chapter 11. He came out totally entwined. Uh, that means that he had been wrapped up in in uh, linen and even his face had been covered in the, the linen uh, had to be removed so he could walk freely and the napkin had to be taken away from his face. But yet, when we find Jesus, it's very different. We made mention that Jesus made his entrance into this world uh, wrapped up in swaddly clothes. He made his entrance into this world also being in the form of God, taking on a human body, uh, being in the form of God, according to uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 6, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because he was God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And uh, and the scripture says, in verse number uh, 7 of Philippians, but he made himself of no reputation, and he took on the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Right there, he 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 took upon himself the the nature and the body of a of a human being, as it says in Hebrews, "You have prepared a body for me." And in verse eight of Philippians chapter two, it says, "Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross." While well, God has highly exalted him, but here's the key. In Philippians 2, 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. That means there has to be a way of thinking in our lives. Okay, Mark fifteen forty six. Here is the wrapped up in. And he brought, talking about Joseph of Arimathea, and of course Nicodemus had also come by night, and they took him down, wrapped him in the linen, and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewed out of a rock, and rolled a great stone, and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. We have been talking for a while about Jesus was going to be clothed in suffering. He was going to be humiliated by the council, by all the judgments that were going to be made against him. He was going to be treated worse than just a common criminal, and he would die the deaths and or taste death for each and every human being. Now, he did all this knowing that he would also be raised from the dead. He had a promise from the Father in the Old Testament, which says, Thou shalt not leave my soul uh, in hell, and you will not allow my body to see corruption. So he had a promise. He trusted in that. He had always trusted that the Father was faithful to his word. 
There was an integrity there. And not once did he fail God. Not once did God fail him. Always obedient, even unto the death of the cross. But it does also mean that he did need, he did need the help of the Holy Spirit and the Father all along the way. He never did anything except he saw the Father do it first. He never spoke anything unless he heard the Father first speak it. Then he spoke it. So everything Jesus did was dependent upon the will of God and the Father demonstrating, manifesting, or making known unto him what needed to be done. And in order to accomplish the work and fulfill it, the power of the Holy Spirit was necessary in the life of Jesus to fulfill the complete work of God that he had been called to do. He said, right now the Father is working, therefore I work. Uh, the time comes when it is nighttime and nobody works, but as long as there's 12 hours in a day, then we have to work. And Jesus turned himself over completely obedient unto the Father, even in the death of the cross. The clothes that he was covered in uh, when he went to the cross were gambled away there at his feet at the foot of the cross. And uh, he was put to shame openly before mankind. Crucified in between thieves or malefactors. And uh, he died bearing our sin upon his life and at the same time pouring out his soul as an atonement for us. He was in the very condition that the very day he was born in. He was born into this world with nothing and naked and he died on that cross with nothing and naked. But yet he had been wrapped in swaddly clothes after he was born. And after he died, he's taken down and he's wrapped in fine linen. As we continue to look at this, there's other events that take place, other things that are mentioned that we can consider. It says in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 12, Then rose up Peter, this is after uh, Mary Magdalene had gone and told the disciples, hey, uh, uh, you know, Jesus is not here. And it says that uh, Peter arose and he ran to the sepulcher. And stooping down, he beheld the linen cloth laid by themselves and departed wondering in himself at that which had come to pass. Now, when we compare this to Lazarus, Lazarus still had all of this binding around his physical body. Jesus, when he arose from the dead, just went through that linen. The new body that he was wrapped in just went through the natural, physical, earthly linen, and it just laid there. Some have considered because of the spices and the oils and the things that they use, that it was still in the shape of a cocoon. Whether that be true or not, I, I would not even uh, endeavor to try to get into that. But if that were true and you were to look in it, it would be looking like at the little cocoon of a little uh, butterfly that has just come out of it. It's completely empty. 
yet it had something inside. In this case, it was the body of Jesus that was wrapped up. But the interesting thing is, not only is it left, let's say, in the shape of a cocoon, or it's laying there just completely flat because his body is no longer in it, the napkin that was over his face is put to one side and folded. That's interesting. Uh, that fact is put there in the, in the scriptures for a reason. Whereas when we come to the story of Lazarus in the book of John, uh, uh, he was still bound by everything. And he came out at the hearing of the voice of Jesus. And of course, Jesus said, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. So he did that. He ran in there, he saw, and he just pondered at what he had seen. Now, let's consider from the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, verse 45, the life of a believer, someone that has passed away, someone that has gone to be with the Lord in Christ at the very point of death uh, before the ascension of Jesus to heaven before the resurrection of those that resurrected with him on that day when he arose as the first fruits. Uh, Jesus himself being the first begotten, the firstborn from the dead, he has others that are going to follow in the same like pattern. So Jesus bore our earthly image, having come down from heaven, and went right back up to where he had been before. This is wonderful news because for us, that means since he is alive, and since he conquered death and hell and the grave, and has the keys, that means when death comes to the life of a believer, it cannot just take them. The horrors of death that were before that man feared, those were the sting of death that is mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and was unbearable and tolerable. But when Christ came and a person dies or goes to sleep, as the scripture mentions, they are prevented by the angels of God that come and take that human soul and spirit up into the presence of the Lord, according to First uh, Corinthians, uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians, uh, in chapter five, they are taken up before the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there they are given some type of a body, some type of a form, some type of something uh, that while they're in heaven, they don't have their glorified bodies yet, but they're able to uh, maneuver, move around or whatever it is that they do up there uh, during the time of in between of, of the first resurrection and the time that one passes away. But before when a sinner dies and even today, Death comes and the sting of it is so horrible that people literally are terrified. And when it comes, it takes an individual down into the lower regions of this earth 
Uh, we could call it Shoal. We could call it Hell. We could call it Hades. Uh, so many of the other names, the Abyss, the Underworld, the Place of the Dead. Nonetheless, death comes. Death will be along <clears throat> with Hell, the last of the enemies that will be conquered and put into the lake of fire. Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet will be there way before death is uh, uh, put there. So consider this, that we need to be clothed in something. And uh, the Apostle Paul, he, he wanted to be clothed in that which God had prepared and has prepared for us. And let's look at it and let's read a little bit uh, in the book of Second uh, <clears throat> Corinthians in chapter uh, 5. Uh, this is what it says. <clears throat> Starting with uh, verse number 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we do groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. See, he uses the terminology being clothed, uh, basically being vested uh, upon. That that's what's going to be put upon us, a new body. But it's called our house. Now, we had asked the question, and I'm going to ask it again. What are you wrapped up in? In other words, what are you committed to? What are you totally involved that it envelops you completely? It covers you. Jesus covered us in his precious blood. To the degree that all that God sees is his blood. He has covered us in his righteousness. So that all that God sees is the righteousness of Christ. And not our filthy rags or old works or anything of us. As long as we are covered with the fine linen that God has provided for us. The righteousness of the saints. As long as we are covered and under the blood of Jesus on a daily basis, and walking in it, and walking in the light of the word of God, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and from all unrighteousness. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it doesn't stop there. It says, If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. That's why I made such a comparison in the Old Testament and the New Testament and even Peter, in that many were found naked. When? When they were still walking in their sin. They had not been covered by and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. They had not been covered or clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And that is of the utmost importance because our righteousness is not going to cut it. Our dead works is not going to cut it. The only thing that will cut it is wearing, and I'm going to put it this way, is wearing Jesus in your life. So that when you look in the mirror, you begin to see him more and you begin to see yourself less. So that you can say those words as Paul did. Uh, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me.
Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly and fully bless you this day. Keep looking up our Redeemer and redemption with that new clothing, that new body will soon appear in Jesus' name. Amen.